Chapter 6 of Baltimore the Magician by Alexander Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Clairvoyant Balsamo had gone up to the lady, whose appearance in his chamber was not strange to him. I bade you sleep. Do you sleep? Andrea sighed and nodded with an effort. It is well. Sit here and he led her by the hand the youth had kissed to a chair, which she took. Now, see. Her eyes dilated as though to collect all the luminous rays in the room. I did not tell you to see with your eyes, said he, but with those of the soul. He touched her with a steel rod which he drew from under his waistcoat, she started as though a fiery dart had transfixed her, and her eyes closed instantly. Her darkening face expressed the sharpest astonishment. Tell me where you are. In the red room, with you, and I am ashamed and afraid. What of? Are we not in sympathy? And do you not know that my intentions are pure? and that I respect you like a sister? You may not mean evil to me, but it is not so as regards others. Possibly, said the magician, but do not heed that. He added in a tone of command, Are all asleep under this roof? All save my father who is reading one of those bad books which he pesters me to read, but I will not. Good. We are safe in that quarter. Look where Nicole is. She is in her room, in the dark, but I need not the light to see that she is slipping out of it to go and hide behind the yard door to watch. To watch you? No. Then it matters not. When a girl is safe from her father and her attendant, she has nothing to fear, unless she is in love. I love? She said sneeringly, and shaking her head, she added sadly, My heart is free. Such an expression of candor and virginal modesty embellished her features that Balsamo radiantly muttered, A lily, a pupil. A seer, clasping his hands in delight, but without loving, you may be loved. I know not, and yet, since I returned from school, a youth has watched me, and even now he is weeping at the foot of the stairs. See his face. He hides it in his hands. See through them. Gilbert she uttered with an effort. Impossible that you would presume to love me. Balsamo smiled at her deep disdain, like one who knew that love would leap any distance. What is he doing now? He puts down his hands. He musters up courage to mount hither. No, he has not the courage. He flees. She smiled with scorn. Cease to look that way. Speak of the Baron of Tavernay. 
He is too poor to give you any amusements. None. You are dying of tedium here, for you have ambition. No. Love for your father. Yes, though I bear him a grudge for squandering my mother's fortune, so that poor Redcastle Pines is in the garrison and cannot wear our name handsomely. Who is Redcastle? My brother Philip is called the Knight of Redcastle, from a property of the eldest son, and will wear it till father's death entitles him to be Tavernay. Do you love your brother? Dearly, above all else, because he has a noble heart and would give his life for me. More than your father would. Where is Redcastle? At Strasbourg in the garrison. No, he is gone. Oh, dear Philip, continued the medium with sparkling eyes in joy, I see him riding through a town I know. It is Nancy, where I was at the convent school. The torches round him light up his darling face. Why torches? asked Balsamo in amaze. They are round him on horseback, and a handsome gilded carriage. Balsamo appeared to have guessed at this, for he only said, Who is in the coach? A lovely, graceful, majestic woman. But I seem to have seen her before. How strange! No, I am wrong. She looks like our Nicole, but as the lily is like the jasmine. She leans out of the coach window and beckons Philip to draw near. He takes his hat off with respect as she orders him, with a smile, to hurry on the horses. She says that the escort must be ready at six in the morning, as she wishes to take a rest in the daytime. Oh, it is at Tavernay that she means to stop. She wants to see my father. So grand a princess stop at our shabby house. What shall we do without linen or plate? Be of good cheer. We will provide all that. Oh, thank you. The girl, who had partly risen, fell back in the chair, uttering a profound sigh. Regain your strength, said the magician, drawing the excess of magnetism from the beautiful body, which bent as if broken and the fair head heavily resting on the having bosom. I shall require all your lucidity presently. Oh, science, you alone never deceive man. To none other ought man sacrifices all. This is a lovely woman, a pure angel as thou knowest who created angels. But what is this beauty and this innocence to me now? Only worth what information they afford. I care not though this fair darling dies as long as she tells me what I seek. Let all worldly delights perish, love, passion, and ecstasy, if I may tread the path surely and well lighted. Now, maiden, that in a few seconds my power has given you the repose of ages, plunge once more into your mesmeric slumber. This time speak for myself alone. He made the passes which replaced Andrea in repose. From his bosom he drew the folded paper containing the tress of black hair, from which the perfume had made the paper transparent. 
he laid it in Andrea's hand, saying, See. Yes, a woman. Joy, cried Balsamo. Science is not a mere name like virtue. Mesmer has vanquished Brutus. Depict this woman that I may recognize her. Tall, dark, but with blue eyes. Her hair like this, her arms sinewy. What is she doing? Racing, as though carried off on a fine black horse, flecked with foam. She takes the road yonder to Chalons. Good. My own road, said Balsamo. I was going to Paris, and there we shall meet. You may repose now. And he took back the lock of hair. Andrea's arms fell motionless again along her body. Recover strength, and go back to your harpsichord, said the mesmerist, enveloping her as she rose with a fresh supply of magnetism. Andrea acted like the racehorse which overtaxes itself to accomplish the master's will, however unfair. She walked through the doorway, where he had opened the door and, still asleep, descended the stairs slowly. End of chapter 6 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia